Great program today if you are fighting against inflation. We went right to the experts at CNBC and got their advice on how you can save money because the average person now is being affected by about $300 extra every month just from inflation. Incredible. And uh, so we tell you all about which footman uh, <laughs> to get rid of. And then we have a real expert. We have uh, uh, Dave Ramsey on with us. We'll talk to him. And so much more on today's program that you don't want to miss. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn to subscribe to Blaze TV as well. Uh, you can use the promo code Glenn to save 10 bucks. And GlennBeck.com uh, is the place to go to get all your information on the show. Uh, you can also go to Glenn's new book or his new book. but get the first chapter for free. The book is, of course, The Great Reset and is available at bookstores everywhere. So CNBC wants you to know that inflation is costing the average U.S. household an additional $296 a month. The figure is based on the latest reading of consumer prices, which rose 7.9%. By the way, if we just let's stop, let's stop saying, you know, this is this is going to be as bad as it was in the 1970s and 80s with uh, with uh, Jimmy Carter. It already is. It already is. If you take the inflation and calculate it the way we did back then, that way you're comparing apples and apples. Okay, We're at 15.6% inflation. That's what we would have said inflation was at if we calculated it the same way we were calculating inflation back then. So it is. It's bad. But now we calculate it in a much more sophisticated way. 7.6% inflation. All right. Things are going to get worse before it gets better, says Moody's Analytics. Um, uh, pain is felt across the board. Some are feeling it worse than others. <laughs> yeah. Who, who does inflation hit the hardest? The low and middle income households. That's who's hit the hardest. And $300 a month for the average citizen. That is a lot of money. A separate study by Wells Fargo surprisingly showed the middle class in particular getting squeezed. Uh, inflation was half a point higher for middle income consumers than those at the highest and lowest ends of the spectrum. Well, they've got some uh, they've got some tips here for you. One, plan ahead. Be strategic about the use of your car. If you have to run errands, do them in one trip at a time. So, And do it at a time when there's not a lot of traffic. Wow. That comes from a certified financial planner. Plan ahead. Okay. Uh, tip number two. Shop wisely. You don't need a specific brand. You may save money at a discount grocery store or buy items at bulk, like at Costco or BJ's. See, this is, this is why we have the press, because I would have never thought of that, right? I mean, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Plan ahead and then buy off-brand food? I, wow. Then check your budget weekly. Don't do it just by the month. 
make sure you're on track. Now, a lot of people do that. Now, they don't call it checking their budget. They count their change as they're starting to get gas. That's, you know. Anyway, watch out. This one, sit down, America. Watch out for credit card debt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What? Yeah. Watch out for that. We'll try to get it as high as possible, right? No, no, no. no. They say go lower. With the debt. With the debt. And check every week? And check every week. I've been doing this thing where I check uh, in a multi-decade f- format. So I haven't every checked two my, decades. Yeah, I haven't checked my finances since 1980. Yeah. Have, you yeah. think they've changed at all? I don't anywhere? know. Mm. I don't know. No, I don't not. know. Mm-hmm. And the last one is mind your retirement savings. What? Yeah. 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 I thought you could just retire with nothing in the bank and Mm-mm. no, actually, no, these days. No, you can't do it. According to CNBC. <laughs> now, there is um, there is another uh, idea. Um, the Crowleys have uh, have given us an idea as well. And uh, I don't know if you, um, I don't know if you, I don't know if you know, hello, I don't know if you know this, uh, but the Crowleys have been really struggling uh, lately. I don't know if, do you know who the Crowleys are? Because the uh, Crowleys are from Downton Abbey and they've been struggling. And if I may, tip number one, get rid of the second footman. Okay. Uh, That's a... the mm-hmm. second footman? The second footman. How many footmen are you? Do you typically? Do you deep? Well, I, I don't, don't know. know what the average is for the. I I don't know, but uh, if you have more than one footman, you could uh, get rid of that. Now, I hate to say this, but maybe men could do this. Um, get rid of the the valet, the person that dresses mm. you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you can dress yourself. I think you can dress yourself. Yeah, yeah I know. I know. I don't know, if I know. who's going to make this point. Who's <laughs> going to brush the suit? You know, I don't know. Right. I don't know. That's true. Uh, I, I think that's a good. That's a good. Yeah. Now, isn't there more than one type of valet valet? Well, one parks your car, but right. I think that's at restaurants. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I think this one. Well, I mean, that's the driver's job. Right. Okay. To okay. park the car. That's so. Can you keep the driver? Well, I would. Okay. Okay. But I definitely get. I'd consider getting rid of the second footman. Footman. Yeah. What, and is I'm the not, fo- what does the footman do exactly? Oh, I don't want to explain it. I mean, it's just too. It's too it's in depth. Too in depth. Okay, yeah, we I don't mean, have that much time. Yeah, they do things. What does the second footman do? If the first footman, I would assume, is taking care of the footman duties, what does the second footman does the extra footman? There's a lot of feet. There's a lot, <laughs> a of, lot feet. of feet. There was more feet in that yeah, era, right? Yeah. So you know, many you, people had three. But now you don't need to do it. Mm-hmm. So get rid of the second footman. Wow, and. Buy your groceries at Costco. Mm. So there you go. This is incredible advice. (laughs) (laughs) I love that too, because when you have inflation and things cost more, it might be harder to outlay a large amount at one individual time, which Uh is part of the the issue here. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, when they talk about communities that are affected by uh, predatory loan uh, Mm -hmm. loans. Mm Uh, and lending mm-hmm. they talk about the those the the check cashing stores the, yeah. the paycheck yeah, yeah, advance yeah, yeah, stores yeah and it's not like those people are like you know what i i i thought i was going for the highest interest rate <laughs> that was my plan <laughs> it's not that's not how that decision is made yeah. it's this the one right option because they will give it to you right then yes. when you need it yes so maybe buying 80 of something is not going to be an option for people who are struggling with this decision <laughs> 
Right? I, I don't know. You know what I would do? I would just buy all of your food today. <laughs> For the you rest know? of your life. Yeah. And if look, if you want to buy, you know, you'll lay your like Glenn, I don't have yeah. the freezer space for all that meat. Then get bigger, get a big walk in f- freezer. Yes. There have you, go. you really seriously, have you not watched the Crowleys? They've got one of those things. And they had to bring ice into that. Right. You don't even have to bring ice. Just get one of those big walk in freezers. Hang a couple of cows in there. What is the problem? What is the problem? It's like these homeless people that whine. Oh, there's no place to go. New York is so bad. I have to sleep in the park. There are great hotels. The Waldorf is right there. All around Mm -hmm. Central Park. What are they thinking? Just go in. What are they thinking? I mean, you don't have to. If you don't want to be extravagant, (laughs) you don't need the penthouse. We're not saying. We're not being ridiculous here. Correct. Just, you know, take a normal room. Right. Maybe a suite. Right. You know, I mean, if there's more than one of you or if you want to put your shopping cart in a separate room, mm-hmm. you know, what I mean, then so, get a get a two bedroom suite. Yeah. It's just these. this It's the, crazy. You know, and yeah, the, but those are the people that probably didn't cut their second footman. Yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. let's. Uh, it's a big problem. <laughs> you're homeless and hungry. Go to Costco. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand. Weren't we just weren't we told relatively recently by one Nancy Pelosi? Yeah. That. They had designed this new system we were walking into called Obamacare Uh specifically so that people didn't have to work anymore and they could just do their passions like music and art. Yeah. Yeah, They wouldn't have to go to be productive members of society. Right. They could instead be artists. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, when uh, when Joe Biden was mentioning how expensive um, uh, insulin was Mm -hmm. and we had to do something about it. Do you know why? Do, Do you know when the price spiked on insulin uh no yeah right after we passed obamacare you're kidding no no it's shocking wow shocking because that was supposed to lower Mm -hmm. cost the whole pitch of it i what i'd like to suggest is get your insulin from costco Mm. okay or buy all the insulin you'll ever need for the rest of your life today and put it in a walk-in freezer put it in your walk-in freezer you just bought the second footman Uh, yeah. All right, let me take a quick break, and then I want to come back, and I want to tell you what the latest is on Russia. It's uh, it's a little dicey, but don't worry. I mean, just remember, wear your mask after the nuclear blast and keep six feet of distance between you and whoever else is cowering under your old school desk. Uh, that way you won't get COVID. Uh, I mean, you'll be killed by the thyroid uh pretty quickly but you won't have covid on top of it this is the best of the glenn beck program and we really want to thank you for listening earlier this month i challenged you to ask dr robert malone anything censorship free Last week, he joined the Glenn Beck podcast with all of his answers on everything from how the mRNA vaccines actually work to why the United States may not be the saints we think they are when it comes to biowarfare. The podcast was released first, as always, to Blaze TV subscribers completely uncensored because it's your support that allows us to bypass the big tech overlords that believe the truth belongs to them. After that, the uh, audio version was released uncensored on Saturday. Wherever you get your podcast, it's the Saturday podcast. 
And normally we release the podcast on YouTube, but (laughs) that's not going to happen. No. So if you are still not ready to make the leap to Blaze TV, you can watch my full podcast with Dr. Malone on Rumble at rumble.com slash Glenn Beck. See that there. Also tomorrow, a very important show. It seems like it is out of date, but it is not. It goes it goes into everything, the corruption that is happening and the tools, the way you are being uh, used and people are taking money away from you to use it against you. Uh, we have the truth on BLM. Where'd that money go? It's a really interesting look. That's tomorrow night on Blaze TV. Okay, so we also have Dave um, Ramsey coming up in just a minute. He's gonna uh, he's gonna give us a couple of tips on what 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 can we do. Is he, is he against the second footman as well? I hope he's not going to tell oh, us. I to. think he's got at least three footmen. Okay, you know, and they still run in front of his car. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Hard on the freeway. Yeah. He's lost a lot of footmen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It uh, happens. You got to <laughs> replace him. That's why they make more. <laughs> yeah. So we'll have him on. And I, I, I love this. Uh, people are trying to get us to fight uh, over. You know, uh, I don't. I, I don't even know what. But he doesn't buy into the Great Reset. And uh, okay, okay, like to talk to him about that. But uh, really, political stuff is not what Dave does. Financial stuff is what Dave does. And that's why I always say, don't listen to me at all about anything on finances. Because I, I, you'll be broke. I mean, you know, I am the worst at that. I'm not qualified to tell you that. I don't study it. I don't follow it. I have no idea. So uh, we'll have him on as an expert on that coming up in in just a second. Now, there's a couple of things here that you should uh, know. Uh, Minsk and Moscow uh, have agreed to restructure payments on Russian loans. Now, the Belarusian, is that right? Belarusian prime minister? I've heard of Belarusian. I've heard Belarus and then Belarusian. I don't know why. I think they should make up their mind. And go, I think Belarusian sounds better, but I keep hearing Belarusian. Let me ask like Belarusian you this. Troops. Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. We're never going to talk about this country ever again. <laughs> Does it matter? The prime minister mm-hmm. from that one country right. uh, that's helping Russia out uh, has uh, restructured their loans. They are going to now take uh, all of the foreign currencies that they have and change them over to Russian rubles. So now they are going to be uh, using Russia, Russian rubles to pay everything off. That gets them away from the U.S. dollar. This is something you're going to start to see more and more of in that block. And I think that block is going to be from China and up north Russia. I think through the Middle East and much of Africa, because it'll have to. They owe everything to China um, and uh, and possibly some countries in south america you know you'll have venezuela and uh, cuba for sure but you're going to start to see the world going away from the dollar because we are making an axis and allied power and that is going to affect us so i think some people would argue that they're coming toward it right there's been a lot of uniting on uh, against russia here but you're saying it's going to split the more great reset. this 
yeah. to like bipolar sort bipolar of in the United States is not going to be is not going to be the United States. We're not going to be the leader mm-hmm. of it. it is going to be, you know, half world government. <laughs> It'll be the Western world against the Eastern world. That's just the way it's going to be. China's going to be leading it, um, but uh, I don't think we're going to be leading it for very long. Anyway, China is expanding their use of coal now uh, because they say they have to be uh, secure in their energy. (laughs) Secure with energy. (laughs) Commies. Oh, oh, what a bunch Uh. of dopes they are. Meanwhile, Russia has new airplanes to fly. You know, Aeroflot... Is a is not necessarily an aircraft that I would want to fly or an airline that I'd want to fly on, um, you know, especially when you can get a good Boeing plane or something like that. Um, but uh, they have them now. In fact, they have now ten billion dollars worth of new airplanes uh, because um, we left them there. And when we said we're we got to get all of our people out and we're not going to fly anybody anywhere, uh, the Russians have now just claimed that whole fleet as theirs. Uh, same thing with McDonald's. You hear about the fat man that chained himself to a McDonald's? I'm only saying that because I mean he was morbidly obese, and I can say that because technically, and I like to use that phrase first. Technically, I'm morbidly obese as well, but. Technically, like 80% of America is morbidly obese. We're, I mean, we're a little heavy. Anyway, um, he chained himself to the McDonald's and said, you can't close my McDonald's. More like this. You cannot take my McDonald's hamburgers away. And they did. Uh, we left. The clown has uh, vacated. <laughs> I've had trouble relating to the Russians throughout this crisis, but that part really hit me. I, I, I do. I felt. I felt. I felt it. I felt it. I did. That's exactly what I would have I done. I mean, if there I was in are Russia. things that you know. Look, McDonald's bad for you. Blah 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 blah. Sure. <laughs> However, there are times that you drive by McDonald's, and you're like, there is nothing that will replace that. There is. There are times I must have mcdonald's okay <laughs> now we've done this to the russians so what did vladimir putin say hey mcdonald's fine you leave that's fine we now own all the mcdonald's and we know how to make the big mac and they say we don't care about trademarks copyrights anything they now belong to us we will be opening it and this is one reason why you don't want to do this Quickly, I mean, McDonald's, look at the cost to McDonald's and the poor colonel. I mean, if he left the secret herbs and spices behind, they're no longer secret. They're out. They're out. Unless we can send some special forces over into all the KFCs and just off all the Russians that are there that might know the secret herbs and spices. Meanwhile, uh, as the world continues to change, uh, the Apple supplier, Foxconn, which I love. I love these guys. Man, when they take those Chinese slaves and just chain them to the, the you know, the, the conveyor belt so they can just keep making whatever it is they're making, I love it. So Foxconn now in talks to build uh, a $9 billion factory in Saudi Arabia. 
Yeah, Saudi Arabia has a hard time. Now, you're going to find this hard to believe. Has a hard time getting international businesses to build giant factories there. Might have a little something to do with 81 executions over the weekend, but why quibble? You know, okay, 81, zero, what's the difference? Uh, And so they're building a $9 billion factory in Saudi Arabia. Again, that is just strengthening this new alliance. I think you're going to see Saudi Arabia. I think you're going to see India go towards uh, China as well. Uh, And they will start using the Chinese dollar, which will be a digital programmable dollar. And uh, they'll be able to have their little social, you know, justice thing with everybody else, the social credit score with everyone from Saudi Arabia all the way through China and Russia. But don't worry, you're not going to be left out. We'll have our own social credit score here on a Fed dollar soon. And that will be fantastic. Fantastic. Well, the reason why I say it's fantastic is because they will have knockoff quarter pounders with cheese. We'll have the real deal here. (laughs) The best of the Glenn Beck program. Welcome to the studio, Joe Kent. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. So you are running in the third district of Washington, which is right across the river from Portland. Yep. That's it. Wow. And it, it is Republican. It is. We are a solidly Republican district, believe it or not. So Vancouver is essentially a suburb of Portland, shared economies. A lot of folks commute into into Portland, Oregon. However, our politics have remained very red. We're R plus 11. You get out of the city wow. and we're in the heart of timber country. We're one of two congressional districts that actually touches the Pacific Ocean that are red. Wow. Uh, that is, that's remarkable. I mean, I, I grew up in the Seattle area and uh, there ain't anything left that seems <laughs> conservative. And you are not... Uh, you're not a rhino Republican. Tell me what you stand for. Tell me why you're running. Cause that's, I mean, might as well strap a suicide vest on. That's craziness. Yeah. So I never intended on going into politics, serving the military for a little over 20 years, the green beret, uh, deployed 11 times to combat for this country. Uh, served for about a year after I got out of special forces in the CIA as a paramilitary operations officer. Intended on just staying uh, overseas, fighting our nation's wars. I thought that was my life calling. Uh, my late wife was also in the military. She was killed fighting ISIS in Syria about a Jeez. month after Trump tried to get our troops out the first time. So I stepped aside from uh, government service at that point, intended on just coming back to the Pacific Northwest, raising my kids where I grew up, trying to focus on that. Had a brief chance to meet President Trump, and I told him that, hey, you're, you're getting the foreign policy right in a way that none of the experts yep. have. You, yep. You're nailing it, but you're getting thwarted at the mid to senior levels in a way that I had never seen before. I came in under, under Clinton, served through Bush and Obama. The transitions of powers that we, we see, they're, they're normally very routine. The government mm-hmm. services are supposed to serve the commander in chief and the Constitution. Right. When Trump came in, there was a culture that tr- uh, changed overnight. And mid to senior level leaders had no problems you know, saying bad things about the president and really even going against his orders. And so my wife was killed a month after Trump gave the order to get our troops out. And that's when Jim Mattis, Brett McGurk, a bunch of other unelected bureaucrats 
drug their feet to leave our troops there. And so I wanted to tell him, you know, what I'd seen on the ground level. I thought nothing else would come from it, but I developed a relationship with the, the Trump administration, worked heavily on the Trump 2020 campaign. At the same time, was moving back to the Pacific Northwest where I grew up. I actually grew up in Portland. Mm-hmm. And then I watched that whole area just get, you know, the, the uh, draconian COVID lockdowns. It took away our First Amendment rights, took away our ability to send our kids to schools. And then the riots kicked off. And I watched Antifa and BLM, you know, weaponize this violence for their political ends. How does anyone there live there and and not say okay enough is yeah. enough how how does that happen what what is the thinking combination of fear and i think just good and good good intentions paving the road to hell truly i mean i think there's a lot of decent people there that lean left and it's become their entire identity and then when they see what they're told on the media is righteous and just causes like blm or antifa fighting against the fascism when they see that they will not they will look past all of the violence is absolutely destroying their cities and how many people i think after years of this they're they're finally leaving they're moving out a lot of the businesses is leaving Although some people still haven't come to that political reckoning. I, I decided to get out of there and move over to the third district to get my kids away from that because that's not where I wanted to raise them. When I, when I saw that your average citizen there was either too scared to speak out against it because they didn't want to get they didn't want to be labeled as a racist or pro-fascist wow. um, or they were just you know paralyzed by fear. They didn't want to they didn't want to say anything because I think Americans were lucky. We're sheltered. We don't understand what violence on our streets looks like. And that has a power. It really does. And it's a tragic thing. But the way that Antifa weaponized that violence to create this environment of fear, just seeing that, I, I knew I had to get my kids over to a, a more conservative district. So you were talking about uh, President Trump and, and making the right calls um, uh, on the, you know, on the ground and, and, uh, and foreign policy. I just saw a uh, just saw a story about Saudi Arabia. Listen to this. Saudi Arabia in active talks with Beijing. To price some of its oil sales uh, to China in yuan, people familiar with the matter said the talks in China and uh, over one priced oil contracts have been off and on for six years, but have accelerated this year as the Saudis are growing increasingly unhappy with uh, the United States. The Saudis are angry over the U.S.'s lack of support for their intervention in the Yemen civil war. That was 2014, 2015. Then the Biden administration's attempt to strike a deal with Iran over the nuclear program that's going on now. And Saudi officials say they were shocked by the U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan last year. We we are undoing every every bit of good that Donald Trump did around the world yes. um, because the left and the media refuse to recognize it as a good thing. Um and we are now pushing China, Russia, Iran, Saudi Arabia, mm-hmm. everybody to the other side. We, we are becoming a, a, a world, a world that's going to be at war with the China influence. And I don't even know the Western influence. I don't even know if it'll be American influence. Right. We essentially handed our entire economy to China, who has been very open about the fact that they're in an economic war with us. We shipped our manufacturing base over there. And then we've had this reckless policy of printing more money, the quantitative easing, whatever you want to call it, and then us not having an actual manufacturing base. And this is where I think President Trump, when he came on the scene, he was an assault to the corporate ruling class. Mm -hmm. He said he wanted to bring our jobs back, seal off our borders, get us out of these needless foreign wars, and focus on putting America first. And that's really why I think you saw a much stronger and more realistic foreign policy that didn't involve us bleeding out in the the far reaches of the world during the Trump administration. 
but Biden and these globalists, they are very much part of the system that want to, using air quotes, expand democracy. They want to expand our, our influence that way. The, Bush, the Bushites wanted to do it through a barrel of a gun, but these guys want to do it through non-governmental organizations, through the State Department, and really not focus on our economy. They benefit from the Chinese having this much power. And the Chinese have done a great job of buying off our elites, buying into major hedge funds. And this is just this acceleration that we're seeing to take away the sovereignty of America and really of every sovereign nation state that's willing to stand up. And the way we're pushing the Russians, I think, is extremely reckless. Why do you say that? Because the Russians, we do not want the Russians as bad as Putin is. We don't want them close with China, because if they start developing this alternative system that back that, that relies on are. the yuan and they are, we kick them off swift. We have all these draconian sanctions against them. And then we say that we don't even want to negotiate. We're going to continue to arm your enemies that are right on your border. This this NATO expansion that everybody who had anything to do with containment prior to the Biden administration, even going back to George Cannon and the end of the Cold War, they said, this is a disaster. Don't threaten Russia like this. This is what will happen. You know, it's really frightening um, to look at what we've done to Russia just in the banking system. Yeah. Um, they have the money because we haven't really cut off their oil supply. Um, they have the money mm-hmm. to meet their bills. We've we have uh, banks that are holding all of their dollars and their treasuries. Mm-hmm. And we're saying, oh, we won't accept your payment in rubles. Well, wait a minute. We have the money. Just let us exchange it so we don't default on that. Yeah. We're talking about now putting them in default just because we won't change their money from rubles. That means that. Their money in any kind of central bank, any kind of bond outside of a country they trust or their own is worthless. And we're not just teaching it to them. We're teaching it to the whole world. We are. And and the Chinese are right there waiting. This is what China does. They offer a decent financial transaction, a financial deal. They say, hey, we'll back up your currency. You can do business with us. And then now we're just seeing this massive consolidation of Saudi Arabia with Iran. They're making inroads with India as well. They're trying to consolidate the Eurasia landmass. And that's absolutely catastrophic. And then it's going to be all at the behest of the Chinese Communist Party, who not only is in an economic war with us, but we rely on them to buy off our debt bonds and for our manufacturing base. So I, I fear that we're approaching essentially because we are, we've taken our eye off the ball with putting our country first, our economy first. We're on these foreign interventions. I think we're heading for a financial Pearl Harbor when China says, actually, the yuan is the new prime reserve currency holder oh, yeah. and we're not buying your debt bonds anymore. Right. Then we're Argentina. Yeah. Um let me ask you about the Great Reset. What do you know about it? What are your thoughts on ESG and what should be done? I think we have to get very aggressive. Uh, I, I think the whole ESG system, I think the amount of control that Wall Street and the global elites have um, over our economy and just as dependent as we are on these other countries, especially China, we we have to stop that. We have to get on a wartime footing to bring back our manufacturing. I think we're going to have to go after a ton of our elite that are at the top of the food chain of Wall Street. And this is not common Republican talk. This is a, a nationalist policy that's going to make the great endeavor of our generation to become independent uh, manufacturing back home, our uh, energy back home, not bleeding out on foreign battlefields, but then really making sure that we can stand alone uh, without the reliance of China, without yeah, the, the that won't elites. happen with an ESG score and, a, no. and the banks that we have And these banks. We have bailed them out and bailed them out. We're still bailing. We, we don't know which one. Right. But one bank is in a in a close to failing position. They won't tell us which one. One hundred and fifty billion dollars last week in a bailout. 
uh, and we don't know who it is, but it's one of our banks. We continue to do this and they are taking that money and using it against true American interests. Yeah, they're taking our pension fund money and they're using it to bail out the China. Correct. They're, they're housing bubble, their issues, when they're not taking it and buying up housing to drive the housing market up to price Americans out of being able to Where buy do you home. stand on, on, you know, climate change and, you know, our use of oil and all of that? I think we need to use our what we have what we're blessed with in America to make ourselves independent. If that's fossil fuels, if that's fracking, then then so be it. If we want to also explore green energy and all those types of solutions, that's fine. Let's do that, but let's not you know chop off our nose despite our face. Let's not say that we have to go automatically to this green electric car based uh, system right. right now while we could be using fossil fuels. Plus, I mean, the, the vast majority of the materials that go to you know, the battery-powered cars and all that, we don't harvest them here in America. Once again, we're relying on the Chinese Communist Party. That Build Back Better plan that was almost passed because Republicans caved. Joe Manchin and Christian Sinema are the ones that saved us. Yeah, I know. But that thing on its first pass was like, I think, 300 to $350 billion just for the electric vehicle charging stations and all that material is coming from China. We're uh, we're talking to uh, Joe Kent. He's running for Congress. Joe Kent for Congress dot com. Uh, he is a uh, Republican out of Washington State. Um, I talked to President Trump about, you know, when he first said the deep state stuff, mm. it made me uncomfortable because it right. sounds conspiratorial. What he means is just the bureaucracy yes. that doesn't care who's president. They're doing what they're going to do. Um, and he's right on that. 100%. I didn't realize how deep that went. But I told the I told the president, if you run and if you win, you're going to have to almost shut down all of those agencies. You have to just clean house. Everybody, you're yeah. all out. Yep. Um, and he said, I can't do it with a mealy mouthed Republican Party. That's right. Uh, how do you view the deep state and this bureaucracy that's everywhere bringing the administrative state the deep state the permanent ruling class to heal i think has to be one of our number one priorities especially we can start that when we take back the house next year using the power of oversight we can yeah. really go after the intelligence community we can go after the justice department january 6 sending the counterterrorism task force to school boards to target parents that's a great place to start yeah. so is all the abuses of fisa that took place in the last administration going after the nsa and the cia these are very powerful institutions that should be protecting american citizens and protecting u.s interests do you not think being that targeted do you think there's enough Republicans that will do that? I think if there's not, we have to start shaming them. I mean, we have the, the power of oversight is powerful. I mean, Congress and the Senate could be getting to the bottom of a lot of this. Um, and that's something that's a good use of our time when we have a, a Democrat president. We can't pass legislation, right? He's not going to sign any of it. So we can kill off his agenda. I think we should do that. I think we should impeach him as well. But we can also be using oversight to get to the bottom of all these issues, especially the deep state, the administrative state. That's absolutely essential. And then when we get President Trump back in office, I think he's going to run. I think he's going to win. We have to be ready with an army of presidential appointees that we've vetted, that we know are ideologically aligned with us to go in there. And then we have to pass real legislation that allows the president to fire uh, members of the federal government that aren't working at his behest. And then also, if any policy is going to be made, we have to have actual uh, presidential appointees in there, part of that decision-making process to ensure the, the will of the American people is being served in the executive right. branch. I don't want to do anything to, to uh, strengthen the executive branch even more without Congress, uh, but uh, we got to get Congress. We got to get Congress back 
into the game. Mm-hmm. They just ceded all their power. Yeah. Uh, Congress needs to be making the laws, not absolutely not these agencies. Uh, one quick question. Uh, we got about a minute. Um, <laughs> how's your soul? <laughs> it's uh, it's been tested a lot in my life, but it's strong. I got a strong family, strong faith. So I, I feel like this is a, a critical fight for our country. I have two young sons. I and lost you know what you're walking into. I mean, because yeah, I, I talk to people who, like you, they think they know what they're walking into. And then they get there and they call me six months later and go, oh, my God, it's it's uh, it's. Yeah, I just had somebody call me who I really respect, who said the spirit of God, the spirit of decency is gone. It's like it's a it's. It's an evil kind of feeling in Washington D.C. right now. There's no yeah. no spirit. Yeah, no, I I think that's tragically right. I mean, I'm ready for the fight because I think okay. if we don't uh, if we don't take it back, then we're then we're gone, and then we're we toast. then we lose the world. Yeah. Thank you so much. His name is uh, Joe Kent. Uh, it's Joe Kent for Congress. That's right. Uh, Joe Kent for Congress. Okay. Thank you very much, Joe. Na, na, na.